0: On this episode of Resi Week, Generation Z is coming. Z Wave has a new smart start, and Snap AV buys yet another distributor. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This, this, is, this is AV, A-V Nation. Nation. This is
2: AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 181, never stopping. Support for AV Nation is brought
1: to you by Daylight, the leading producer of high quality projection screens worldwide.
0: Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by one of my longtime friends, Stephen Bronner. He is from Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, bud?
2: Man, I'm doing outstanding. A little echoey today down in the client's uh, basement down here. Uh, quite a nice little room. Uh, just having a, a wonderful day, man.
0: Excellent. We're hoping to have an excellent show. And that will rest on the shoulders of this man, Tim Albright. He is the founder of AV Nation. How's that for an intro? No pressure. No pressure. man. Good. Good. Glad, to, uh, glad to have you both here. Let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from a residential systems. Gen Z, not Z, Gen Z is coming to the workforce. And are you ready? This is from Megan Dutta, who is another good friend of ours. Millennials are so last year. It's time to start thinking about Gen Z or Z, if you're American, coming into the workforce uh, over the last, I don't know, three or four years easily. Uh, Tim, that, that you and I have been attending different shows and different management conferences, and things such as that within both the the residential and the commercial side of the industry, uh, millennials have been the topic of conversation and how to manage them, how to sell boardrooms to them, how to sell you know residential AV to them. We're now moving on to Gen Z. So, Tim, I want to start with you on this one because you are the 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 furthest from Gen Z of this group today. It was too easy. There, how could I not?
2: Shots fired.
0: Shots fired. Shots fired. Kicking it off with a bang. Um, When you when you look at this, when you when you read these statistics, when you look at this uh, uh, concept from this story, um, Gen Z is expected to have somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty one million individuals in the U S. make up that they're going to make up twenty percent of the workforce uh, by twenty twenty. How do how do integrators how do manufacturers how do people uh, within this this industry go about trying to I, I don't want to use the word cater but manage manage
2: how they deal with with you these- coddle you got the wrong c word <laughs> coddle
1: I I, I I really really hope we don't do to Zed and, and whatever we we call the ones after that I guess that would be
0: my Z. Tip.
1: No, the after Z, the the, the one after Z, I, like my nephew who is 20 years old, he's he's a Z, right? Um, but who, whatever we call the ones, the next generation beyond that, which which my daughter just turned 13, so she would be in that in that generation. I hope we don't do to Z uh, to to give it to you, Matt. Matt what we did the, to the millennials, uh, and that is write stories about how to cater to them or coddle them or sell to them or integrate with them or make sure that they feel important in the workforce or how to or the the other side of that is you know um baby boomers and, and gen xers and, and honestly millennials writing about the evils of generation z people right yeah they have different they grew up with with mobile technology far earlier than you did they don't care who you are, but they did. They, they grew up with, with mobile technology far earlier than you did. Internet access far earlier than you did. Most likely, um, they were streaming before you were, and that's okay. Um, but they're people, bottom line. So you sell to them, and you, you connect with them, uh, and you build relationships with them, and you find out what they like. I mean, not every single one of them, uh, to use an old millennial trope, likes avocado toast. Right. Uh. Yeah, not every single one of them. It's a. It's a millennial thing. Look it up. It's, there's a meme. I'm sure. Uh, but
0: but you know these. That's why they don't have houses.
1: It's why they don't have houses. Yes, because they can't stop eating uh, avocado toast for some reason. Uh. But but you know you 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 look at, at, at what they're after, what what they they're interested in, and, and what drives them, and what what they're passionate about, and you build relationships with them, and you and you connect with them that way, whether that's from the employment side, and or it's the <laughs> You know, trying to connect with them from a, from a, a client side, um, you you just figure it out. I'm, I'm really kind of, actually kind of glad that that Megan wrote it. Um, Megan is is a millennial, right? And and so she kind of has grown up in, in this industry at least, working through this whole you know millennials are evil or millennials are hard to work with or millennials are this that yeah you know, they're, they're they're people, dude.
0: Very good, Stephen. The kind of my biggest takeaway. when I I read through this article was a little bit of what Tim just said, as far as let's not try and create this massive special class because all that does is, you know, widen any gap that's there. Uh, But really my, my takeaway was when we look at this from the commercial world, you're dealing with larger companies as a rule where workplace environment is actually a thing in the residential space the majority of our offices are a handful of people it's more of a family it's it's a less corporate environment is this really how much of this is actually a thing for your average um, or median av integrator and in, in their office do they need to do anything special for any class or is it just creating a good work environment for people that work there.
2: Unmute yourself. Well, let's see. Let's see. Okay. So we're going to put the gloves on. Uh, they're really soft ones. Um, I, I will tell you this, and, and this is, this is my, my experience working with different generations. Um, I work with a lot of different companies. I do a lot of consulting, Uh, I have the privilege of being trusted by a lot of my peers and those peers range over multiple generations. I've got some that, I mean, you're going to find this hard to believe, but they're older than Tim. And uh, I've got some that are actually uh, younger than Matt. They're still in diapers, I guess. I'm not sure. But the, uh, the thing is, is, uh, generation Z, there's some research out there that's really cool that a lot of millennials are ignoring. Um, I'm not going to say why they're ignoring it. I'll let you make that decision yourself. The research shows that Generation Z is rejecting every bit of coddling that, gener- that the millennials have learned to acquire. They actually are highly offended when you treat them that way. Um, they did interviews in high schools. They did interviews with freshmen in college. Oh, Tim has a question.
1: Uh, just when you're done, I have I, a I, 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 small comment.
2: Yeah. So, um, so, uh, there's a lot of research out there that shows that that is actually reversing trend, which for someone like myself is awesome. Uh, but I have teenagers, um, and I have people that I carry very, care very much about that are not only in the millennial generation, but actually are your typical joke of the day millennials. And, And we have a good time with it, but um, I agree. I don't think we should coddle these people. Um, I'm very, very bad at that. I know those of you who have listened to the show when I'm on it,
0: shocked that you
2: say that are, are really shocked when I say that I am really bad at coddling people. But um, but what I will say is, is that I think that when you start separating people, and this goes for every aspect of life, whether it's work, Uh, play, politics, business, anything. When you start micro-separating people, uh, I'm a millennial that has blonde hair, is a little chubby, and I can't dance. I have my own special group. When you start separating people, you instantly give people a reason to fail. And I totally disagree with that. I say that everyone has the strength and the ability to succeed, and I'm going to approach Matt the same way I do Tim maybe a little slower. Um, and um, I'm going to approach everyone the same. And you know what? Love me or don't love me, I'm going to be me. So the Stephen that you deal with today is the same Stephen that you're going to get in six months or a year. And that's how I treat everybody. I respect everybody. I show everybody a level of respect now. I may look at you and go, are you freaking serious right now? But that's not disrespectful. It's my way of going, you're full of crap. You know what I mean? Let's let's get on with this. But I think that, that if we stop separating people and we stop creating all these little subcultures, everybody wants their own little label. I hate labels. Quit labeling people. You, just like Tim said, they're people. They're not Gen Z. They're not Gen... W, they're not millennials. They're not old timers. They are literally just people. Quit separating people. Treat everybody equally. Treat everybody with respect. And you'll get a lot further than you will trying to micromanage generations. Can you imagine if everybody treated my generation the way they would treat me? That's just not going to
1: work, man.
0: Well, I don't think we could all talk that slowly.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I was say on, is, no. is, Stephen was like saying that, you know, Gen Z doesn't like to be coddled to. I, I, I would argue also that the new generation likes to, right? And, and there, there was a period of time that they, it's, it's waning because the, the people who write this stuff have a new generation to pick on But where it was just a great uh, source of content for folks to say this, that, and the other about millennials, I don't think that the millennials liked it. Well, the vast majority of them, um, you know.
0: Well, and, and to that point, I I read a lot of um, business books, business leadership books. And heck, I read a couple that were written before I was born by some of the, the stalwarts of that genre. There are good and bad workers and employees and people in every generation. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. There are efficient, hardworking people and there are lazy people. And every other, you know, Descriptor you want to use it's not yes, do some millennials can they be ridiculous? Sure, have you met me? Um, can some older generations be ridiculous? Yes, you've met Tim wow. it, it just it, it's a it's a nature of the beast. Uh, some people are going to just kind of go down that road, but before I get myself into more trouble or talk slower for Tim, because that seems to be the joke today. Um, We are going to move on to a story that comes to us from residential tech today. Z-Wave certification has a new update that focuses on ease of setup in cybersecurity. If you don't know who Z-Wave is, they are a global membership organization dedicated to advancing Z-Wave wireless smart home protocols. Um, They released some additional details on Z-Wave Plus version 2. Uh, their certification that is designed for devices built on the new Z-Wave 700 platform. We've covered the 700 platform uh, quite a bit over the last little bit, but what the uh, the new Smart Start setup program, uh, which which is being mandated for inclusion into this new version, is going to allow you to essentially, in theory, plug and play any light, any lock, anything. Give its QR code a quick scan. And it will instantly set up all that information inside a hub and pair it so you don't have to actually you know physically go through that process of doing that. Steven, I want to start with you on this. Z-wave and, and, and platforms kind of like it uh, have been great for many things over the years. Z-wave obviously has a uh, it seems to have a lock on the, the security aspect and the certification aspect that not every uh, other uh, platform does, but when they released 700, um, we were all very excited. S- uh, Smart Start seems to just continue to build on that. Is this a uh, a protocol that is now going to uh, essentially just just speed this process up, or is it something that's going to allow you to do, uh, you know, very decent systems to a degree? just based on that one hub device and not have to continually have a, a massive amount of third-party gear if you don't want it?
2: I don't think it's going to change that particular aspect of our industry at all. Uh, the reason why is, is Z-Wave is focused on mass market. Uh, it always has been. I know as integrators, we like to go, yeah, we do Z-Wave because it's a buzzword like Bose or Monster Power you know, whatever, OLED, whatever the most recent buzzword is. Uh, but the truth is, is that the Z-Wave ease of setup is to make things easier on a consumer level. Uh, it doesn't really affect us. Uh, most of the guys in our industry are smart enough that even if it was a little difficult, like it was in the beginning, we figure it out. Uh, Z-Wave in, uh, decreasing their their difficulty benefits the DIY far more than it benefits uh, our industry. Um, I think it's cool. I have no problem with the DIY. If someone is doing it themselves, I've actually had customers call me and say, Hey, I know you have an AV company and, and I don't want to waste your time, but I'm trying to set this up. Can you give me a couple of pointers? Absolutely. Because today they, they can put in their own light switch. Tomorrow you might be there putting in a lighting control system. And so you want to be the guy considered the expert at all times, whether you're selling the product or not. Um, I think that it's good. Um, I really don't think, I know they're, they're talking all about cybersecurity. Once again, I think that's a marketing thing. Uh, Z wave has never really been, uh, in, on a realistic level. Of course, somewhere there's some guy going, actually, no, the truth is, is that. I know that Z- guy who will be saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We all know that guy who wants to come up with the one example in a million like fire Marshal bill, you know, Type in this 800-digit secret passcode, and it'll self-destruct. But the truth is, Z-Wave has always been really secure, and it's a solid technology for a small home. Most of us aren't working in those houses. So our industry needs to stop pushing back on these DIY technologies and start embracing them and saying, hey, you know what, Mr. Homeowner, that's awesome. Go get you a light switch, and you can change the colors. But is that light switch gonna do scenes for you? Is it, going to, is it going to integrate with your remote control in the living room? So when you hit play on the remote, is it gonna dim the lights? Um, do you have to use eight different apps to control all the different subsystems in your house? These are the things that we, when, that's where we come in at. So, you know, just to go back to what I said originally, yeah, I think that it's, it's great for the DIY guy for it to be simplified. Uh, I think they're overhyping the cybersecurity just to have a buzzword on there, but uh, Z-Wave continues to do the right thing for our industry or for the industry that it's focused on. We just need to remember that's not exactly us.
0: All right, Tim. When you hear that the the touted security aspect of, of Z-Wave has been really big for a long time, and part of it is that you have to go through certification to get a Z-Wave approval. So it's not, it's not like some of the other protocols where you can buy a chip and make anything you and want, and it doesn't matter what it does, how it works, if it's functional, et cetera, et cetera. Z-Wave is, is touted to be significantly more secure just based on that fact alone, let alone some of the other things they're doing. Bluetooth. <laughs> no. Does – it's a valid point. Does, to Stephen's point, the security aspect, does it matter to integrators, should it matter to integrators? Or is it something that is a, a warm and fuzzy just for the consumer?
1: It sh- certainly should that matter to, to, to integrators. Um, and you know, Stephen makes a good point about, you know, um, it, it, they are some of them are, are absolutely DIY, but you, you look at the need and, and the process that, that Z-Wave goes through, and, and a couple other folks do as well, to get that stamp right to get that this is Z-Wave, cert- z-wave certified to guarantee that this company has checked all the boxes gone through the protocols that z-wave has outlined in in, in their steps and not only is it secure but it also works with these other, other devices the the danger there um, is you can still get the chip without the, the without passing certification meaning I could go into my garage this afternoon and, you know, order a bunch of Z-Wave chips and throw together some stuff. And, and I'd have a Z-Wave product. It may or may not be certified. It won't be obviously if I'm doing it this afternoon, but I could still take that logo, put it on a package and then Z-Wave would have to find me uh, to to kind of whack a mole. Um, the people and the products that are out there saying that they're certified when they're not um, I, as a step to kind of get there, I, I would recommend that they, you know, pull back a little bit on, on the the chips and maybe, um, or make them a little bit more difficult to get uh, than just, you know, um, buying.
0: Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last story of the day. This comes to us from CE pro and the one and only Julie Jacobson. If you missed it this week and it probably, you probably saw it, and just ignored it because it's been happening so much recently snap av acquired another company this time they bought the west coast distributor custom plus who also uh adds a a fun little aspect of having a large 12 volt portfolio if you don't know who custom plus is they have five branch locations in the pacific northwest in california uh seattle portland sacramento san jose and Los Angeles, it is the fourth distributor that Snap AV has acquired since March of 2018. So they now own, if you're following along, Custom Plus, Volutone, AllNet, and MRI. That covers a large portion of the US with brick and mortar and all kinds of good things like that. One of the interesting parts of this story is Custom Plus uh, has a thriving 12 volt business. Um, you may not expect those two words to be together thriving and 12 volt, but in custom Plus's case, it does seem to be the truth. Steven, I'm going to, I'm going to come back and and start with you on this one again, because you come from 12 volt or or you've had experience in 12 volt. My experience in 12 volt was adding and, and modifying a system that was in a Camaro I owned. That was my 12 volt experience. That's it,
2: did you have the mullet to go with
0: it? I did not have the mullet. Look at this hair. Would this ever be in a mullet cut? Come on, man. I ain't from Georgia.
2: Hey now whoa. <laughs> okay so so what I think that i I can actually bring something really valuable to this discussion, and it is this first me, time for everything uh, very first time <laughs> hear me, hear me clearly. this is a freaking disaster. And I'll tell you why, because if you have a pulse and a tax ID number, you can already buy anything you want from Snap AV. But there's a lot of people out there doing car audio out of their garage that don't realize that this industry even exists to the extent that it does. I know because way back in the day, I was that guy before I opened up a shop. So can you imagine somebody, will use the name Jim, is in a shop somewhere selling car audio equipment and he logged into his Snap A.V. site and he goes, holy crap. Is that Yamaha? Is that, it, are, are those TVs? Wait a minute. So I can start doing home theater now because I have access to all this stuff. It was already hard enough to keep our industry professional. Now you take a wholesale site, what it is, that is, Sells anything to anybody, and you give access to people that are not exposed to the industry, at least before it was people in the industry. Now you've got people outside the industry. I don't know what that was, but it was on Matt's side, not mine this time. So um you've got people that are gonna be outside our industry with exposure to our products. It very, very possibly could be the absolute worst mixture that's happened in our industry. All these other buyouts, we all remember my reaction to Samsung buying Harman. The, all these other buyouts have, have been interesting, but I honestly feel like, because I've been there, I've been that guy that I knew a lot about car audio, but I knew hardly anything about home theater. But if somebody would have let me log into a website back then and I'd have access to surround sound receivers and speakers and all this, Man, that would have been some on-the-job training and some really upset customers.
1: That's the thing, Lester. Would you have known what to do with it? I'm not saying now, but would you have known what to do with it had you gotten your hands on it?
2: I would have known a little better than most people because I grew up in love with this industry. But no, the truth is I wouldn't have. But I would have turned around and told customers that I did because it's something that I could sell. And that is where the trouble comes in. It is, I have access to this and I think I know what to do with it. Back then, I thought I had home theater. I thought I had home theater figured out. I put a surround sound in my parents' living room. It ran for years. Boy, I could do anything. I was a home theater guy. And now I look back and I go, Oh my goodness, I was just Matt Scott. What was I thinking? And so I, you know, We all have to, at some point, we all have to realize when we were younger, we were all stupid. I was stupid, and I learn every day. The difference is now I understand very clearly that I'm learning every day. I cannot imagine what's going to happen when Snap AV tells all these guys that are buying radios and speakers for cars that they can now buy all this home theater stuff at cheap prices.
0: Now, the the one caveat I'll, I'll give you is we have a distributor here in Canada who has a home theater division and a 12-volt division. As a home theater division purchaser, we have an account on that side. I can't buy anything on the 12-volt side unless I submit and ask and go through the process to get there. They do the same when they added commercial this year, uh, or sorry, last year. You have to have a conversation at least. And they talk about turning you on and, and, and giving you access to a couple of things. So I, I don't know. I haven't logged into the US Snap AP side because well, I'm in Canada, we don't buy from them um, through, that, through their system. But it'll be interesting to see how they do it. The, the flip side and, and, and the question I want to ask you, Tim, is 12 volt, if we look at it from the other side, is an opportunity 12 volt is a dying industry it's it's not going to be around forever i my wife and i are shopping for a new car for for her right now the audio systems and the infotainment systems in them are fantastic not to mention when i plug in carplay or android auto and just go i don't even need what honda makes i just need that 12 volt is going to die. It it will become this micro niche market for people who want to add massive subs or something else, something incredibly custom to their cars. It's not going to be around forever. So is Snap potentially, Julie says this is not a story. Steven says this is the end of the world. Is this an opportunity to go in and find some Potentially competent, trainable people who kind of understand what we do, and bring them on board. We talk about doing that with electricians. Stephen shaking his head. But is there a possibility there for that?
1: Well, absolutely, and and there you know um, it, it's it's a term that I learned oh, a couple of years ago called Uh you know, where you acquire a company. Not necessarily because you like their bottom line, you like their books, but you need or want um, one or two or a majority of their employees. Um, so yeah, absolutely, you can you can certainly look at it that way. Uh, you also look at this as a situation where SnapAV makes their own products, and a lot of, you know they they they, they, do, they OEM some stuff, but they also have some stuff that they design themselves. Also, might be an intellectual property play where where SnapAV is looking for some IP to add to or augment some of their existing product lines. So it'll just be kind of interesting to watch.
0: All right. So gentlemen, let me, let me ask you, e- either one of you, this, this follow-up. When is Snap gonna be done buying? <laughs> They've been on this insane buying spree. They've cornered the majority of the U.S. distribution market. There's obviously some more people or, or some more regions that they can go after, are they going to continue to purchase and just continue to go down that vein? Or are they going to hit that? I guess what I'm asking is, are they going to become the next Ingram micro or are they going to, because there comes a point where they can no longer expand within our industry.
1: Are, are you asking, are, are they going to be done? When are they going to be done by distributors? Because- just,
0: yeah,
1: you know, buying in general. Where's <laughs> a reason masking because you're you're making the, the argument that there's going to become a point in time where there is no longer any more distributors for them to buy. Which I would agree with you. They'll have the region covered, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go down the the route of the product line. For currently they just bought Control Four, so let's start with that one. Um, and you go to you know where else can they do? Well, the U.S. is as as much as you know um, some Americans would like to thing or contrary to what some Americans like to think we are not the center of the universe nor the center of the the world there's a there's an entire other world and and globe outside of the the states that snap av could start going after right um and I'm just speculating here obviously because I don't know anything from you know inside of snap but once they do figure that they've got you know the majority of, of the states covered Matt you mentioned the fact that you, you don't buy them in Canada you will eventually and I wasn't joking about that you will eventually um, they will eventually expand beyond the borders of the United States and they've got good momentum they've got uh, at least right now you know good good um, cash flow going and, and so they're they're in, in a acquisition mode so I, I don't see them stopping acquiring anytime soon
0: Steven, are they going to hit a point where they've got uh, very little left to acquire and they go into product or they go into national or sorry, international, or is this something where they will hit a, uh, a, a wall and there's nothing left of quote unquote value or massive competition to purchase?
2: You know what their next purchase is, supposed is, is predicted to be? I was talking to some other industry guys. I have heard talk that they're looking to try to purchase Powerhouse Alliance. Um, That's what they're going to do. They're going to stop buying these small groups and they're going to buy something big like Powerhouse. Um, It would not surprise me if they could purchase Avid. Um, If you could purchase Control 4, you could buy just about any company in the industry, uh, except for maybe a company like maybe Crestron, uh maybe. I say maybe because
1: you can get close.
2: You could get real I mean, in all honesty and in the residential side, now they say Crestron is king in commercial. I disagree. Crestron is king in government. Uh but control four is the biggest company in our industry for control running. So if you can buy them, you can buy just about anybody. So I don't think they're gonna continue going one, two at a time. I really Uh, when I mentioned that I thought they were going to buy Powerhouse Alliance, a couple of the guys got kind of skittish and they said, what have you heard? And I was like, oh, I haven't. What do you mean? What have I heard? And so um, I think that that's the direction they're going. Yes, I think they will eventually be larger than Ingram Micro. And uh, that kind of scares me a little bit because of the commoditization of it. But uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what scares me. You talked about our industry being a small fish. Stephen Bronner is not even a drop of water in this ocean. I mean, seriously. So I understand that. I understand my place, uh, but they have to go after different verticals. They have to. So what I see happening next is the purchase of other distribution companies like uh, like buying uh, Powerhouse or Avid, if not both. And the other thing that I see is, is I see them going hard, and I mean real hard, after Extron and other companies that are in the commercial side that have an established reputation, but maybe you know, maybe aren't growing. Um, I'm not in the commercial space, but honestly, the only time I hear the name Extron is when I'm sitting at dinner with you guys at, at Cedia. Like, even in the commercial space, I hardly ever see that name anymore. So I could see them going out and buying powerful brands like Extra, like, like these other brands. I could see them buying Barco. Um, I could see them going after different verticals. That's where I think they're going. Um, I think kind of like a, a person that gets bored, like a guy who collects Jaguars eventually might buy a Porsche just to see how it drives. I think eventually these guys are going to get tired of just being in this industry And they're going to go after other verticals. And when they do, it's going to cause a shockwave. uh, Because, go ahead.
0: Now, keep in mind that Snap is owned by Helman Friedman, which is a massive investment company.
2: Right. I get it. And what I'm telling you is, is those guys are the guys I'm talking about that get tired of driving Jaguars. You know, I mean, they eventually they're going to say, hey, what other industry can we tap? I mean, good Lord, let's look at their current portfolio, man. They own a brand, a major brand in every single vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't own Yamaha, but they distribute Yamaha. So so my thing is, is um, I think that what we're about to see is we're about to see Snap make a splash that's going to make ripples through other industries. And that's when things are going to get real skittish. You, you let let Snap do what Samsung did with Harman. Can you imagine? I mean, that's a that's massive. That's huge. Now, I haven't quite figured out yet what Samsung is going to do with Harman. I don't know. Maybe you guys have.
1: Make a lot of money. Huh? Make a lot of money. Yeah, they're making killer
2: cash, but everybody was concerned about where the brand was going to go after they bought it, and the brand has literally not moved. I, I've been looking for big news out of Harman. Maybe I missed it. I don't think so. I've been looking pretty hard. So maybe there's something on the horizon with, uh, you know, something with a control system for Pro. But on the flip side of that, that's where I think Snap is going. I think their next big splash, yeah, we'll hear about them buying Pop momandpopav.com or something, but their next big splash is going to be in the commercial industry. And I think they're going to hit it hard but I still go back to my same thing. This 12 volt purchase. I know that people say it's not a big deal. This the broken windows thing. You, you let a little bit of sample of people in and yeah, you might get some really good people that are great integrators. I come from that industry and I'm at least a six out of 10. So, I mean, you, you get some good integrators, but then on the flip side of that, how many failures are you gonna get? I, I like the old saying, picture picture the 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 half of the country is dumber than 50% of the people that you like literally so if you look at the the average person that you talk to and the intelligence of that person in half the country is dumber than that look in our industry look at 50% of the integrators you talk to half of them are dumber than that that's scary <laughs> I don't
0: even know how to wrap that up, um, so night. I'll do it like this. Say what?
1: Just say good night, crazy.
0: No, pretty much. All right, gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this uh, episode. Send your hate mail to Stephen Bronner on Twitter. No. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you so much. That was a fantastic conversation, uh, Stephen. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, where can they do that?
2: Uh, You can catch me at ProAudioGA on Twitter, uh, ProAudioGeorgia.com is my website. I'm hardly ever there. It's like an office. I never get to see it. Um, You can reach out to me anytime. My number is all over the place. I'm not hard to find. And as always, I love working with other integrators. And I'd love to hear anyone's input. They're going to tell you you're wrong. No, they, can tell me, they can tell me I'm wrong and I'll be like, okay, that's cool. I mean, I know I'm wrong. I go home every night to a beautiful wife. She lets me know I'm wrong all the time.
0: And <laughs> she should. No, just kidding. Um, Tim, thanks so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you and hear you start to ramble about the depressing season the Bears are going to have, where can they do that?
1: Uh, at the Twitter. Hockey's is- over.
0: It's it's Bears time.
1: I said they had a good season last year. The Bears had a decent season been sure. in the Super Bowl, which, you know, there's that. Uh, What's a, big, a season at, for the Bears? Like,
2: at, four losses, five losses?
1: Uh, yeah. For, oh, me, for that's wins. One. That was <laughs> a good one. They, 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 they got over 10 wins last, week, last year. Anyhow, at TD Albright to Tim David Albright on the Twitters.
0: Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott. But more importantly, please visit TV, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all of the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Rusty Week.